Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we begin our study of the book of Kings, Sefer Milachim. Uh, this book is also one long book which has been divided into two. Uh, traditionally, though, this is just one book. <coughs> but since it's been divided into two, we're going to call it the first book of Kings, Milachim Aleph. <coughs> And this story picks up where the last book of Shmuel left off. We are still during the days of the, the uh, monarchy of King David. And we start off this book at the end of David's life and the succession, the choice of succession, who is going to succeed David. Now, we, of course, remember from our study of the book of Shmuel, the book of Samuel, together, the, um, the reign of David, his victories, his rise to monarchy, his, how he united the kingdom, <coughs> how he subdued the surrounding nations and created an empire. However, he did not build a temple. God had told him not to build a temple that would wait for his son. <coughs> um, <coughs> we also learned how everything started taking a turn for the worse after the terrible uh, story that took place, David's sin with the Bathsheba, uh, the uh, married woman Bathsheba, and, um, and how everything after that story unraveled. And one of the things that we noticed and we pointed out as we studied the book of Shmuel was how um, the guilt that David felt and how he... He didn't have the um, strength and the um, ability to to um, uh, to act in many cases, like you know that his and his his withdrawal withdrawal into himself uh, crippled him, and thus resulted in many of the problems. Like for example, uh, the the uh, his his refusal to criticize and chastise Amnon after the rape of after he raped his sister Tamar, and he didn't have the, uh, he didn't uh, criticize Avshalom when he killed Amnon, uh, you know, and, and, and so David just felt so guilty himself that he didn't feel able to criticize anyone else. At this point, at the end of his life, so much has happened after that sin of Bathsheba, so much suffering. David lost his, lost one son that was the first child born to Bathsheba. He lost um, you know, his, 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 uh, you know, Tamar was raped uh, by her brother. Amnon was killed by his brother. Absalom was killed in, 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 in battle. David uh, had lived through several uh, mutinies, uh, rebellions, civil wars against his reign. He did survive them, but all of this was a result. All of this death and destruction was a result of his sin, as predicted that, you know, as he was told, that, that he was going to be punished and that his family was going to um, suffer uh, a lot of death and destruction because of his sin. Now, at the end of his life, we have an image of David completely retreated into himself um, and uh, unable to take charge and, and, and perform what is really going to be and should be the last and most important and on a certain level um, act of his monarchy, and that is establish a successor, a successor, so that the monarchy will continue on and establish stability in the kingdom. And it was up to David to do that. 
But here we have an image of David not doing anything, but just completely withdrawn into himself. The king David was was elderly, he was old. This is verse 1, chapter 1. He was on in years. And they covered him with clothing. But he could not get warm. Now this... Um, Image is one of a physical element of him being old and 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 uh, you know and, and therefore he, he would just could not get warm. However, one cannot um, escape the imagery of him being severely depressed. Especially as we go through this chapter, we'll see that when spurred into action, he was able to act. He was able to get up and do, um, which we will see later on. And so at this point. I kind of tend to see this more as a psychological depression than a physical ailment, which is why why they couldn't warm him up. You know, they covered him with clothes. Vayomerlo <coughs> avadav and his his avadim, his servants, said to him, "Let us look for our, our master, the king Naarov a young virgin girl, and let her stand before the king." And she can be a uh, an attendant uh, for him. She can stand. Sochenes means to stand over him, to to hover over him, and give him what he needs. She can lay in your um, in your lap. And she can warm our master, the king. It one wonders if these avodov, if these uh, uh, servants, are 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 really kind of reminding David of what he's most upset about. You know, um, his, you know, bringing this young girl to him in this situation, one wonders what their intention was here exactly. You know, and if, if anything, we're going to find out soon that if anything, what this really did was, was remind David of his sin of Bathsheba rather than give him any comfort by and they found uh, they looked for a beautiful girl Yisrael and all the boundaries of Israel and they found a girl named Avishag from the city of Shunam by and they brought her to the king she was a very 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 beautiful girl and she became his attendant, and she served him. But the king did not uh, consort with her. He was not intimate with her. Which, um, again, one could get the feeling, at, as one starts to read, one thinks, oh, he's just very old, and therefore he can't um, uh, consummate the relationship just because of his age. But then as we re- continue to read, one gets more of an impression that he just wasn't interested. He was, he was depressed. Adonia ben Chagit, and David had a son, <coughs> Adonia, who was the younger brother of Avshalom, who one would imagine would have been technically the next in line. Um, he was mitnase lemar. He was being boasting and being haughty and arrogant, saying, "Ani emloch, I am going to be king," because David wasn't taking the initiative to designate someone as the king, one of his sons. So Adonia stood up and said, I'll be the king. It's not clear. Some understand this as him rebelling during David's life, and some understand this as him simply being arrogant and assuming that he's going to be king. 
But either way, he didn't ask David. He just got up and said it because David was sitting in his room doing, you know, curled up under the blanket and not saying or not doing so. He took the opportunity and the initiative. And he made for himself uh, uh, riders and chariots. And 50 men running in front and calling out, you know, announcing him as the king. This young man, his father had never uh, uh, been uh, reprimanded him his entire life. One gets the image of a spoiled young man who his father never scolded him, never reprimanded him, never ever criticized him. So, um, and why is the verse saying this? Because it wants you to understand because of David's depression and his feelings of guilt about what he had done wrong, he simply could not bring himself to criticize even his own children, even doing those the fatherly duties that a father is supposed to do. And, and this is a very deep insight into the mind of someone who is guilt-ridden. A person who is guilt-ridden and is humble, as David was, finds himself unable to criticize others, even when it's appropriate to do so. He never said, So why have you done such and such? In other words, whatever he did wrong, David never criticized him. Vigam hu tohar, he was also very a beautiful, nice in appearance, ma'od, he was a very good-looking man. And he was born <coughs> immediately after Avshalom. Avshalom, who we studied before, and, and were also he was described as a, as a very a good-looking, handsome man. Vayihu dvarav imyuav ben suriyah. And he, he, um, his words, in other words, he, he, he uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for the right word. He conferred, as I see, with Yoav, who was the commander of David's army, and Evyatar, who was the priest. <coughs> now, Evyatar is the um, priest who was loyal, the one who, who, who sought refuge with David all the way back in the beginning of David's career. And now he is going with with Adonia. And one would imagine, did they have in mind to rebel against David? Or did they have in mind that, well, Adonia would be the proper person to take over after David? <coughs> um, because they did not know David's wishes for the succession. And therefore they went after Adonia. Having no instruction from David otherwise, they went ahead. Um, however, Kohen. The, the other prominent Kohen, who uh, we've known about from the book of Samuel as well, named Sadok, and who was another one of the military leaders who were also familiar with, one of the powerful heroes of David's army. <coughs> and this is the third person who was not with the other one, the prophet, Nathan. Um, and These are others, and the other um, uh, uh, mighty warriors, Asher David, that were loyal to David, Lo Adonio. They did not go with Adonio, because they realized and understood that it has to come from David, not from Adonio himself. And they stayed loyal to David and did not go along with this with this plan to install Adonio as the king. And Adonio went and he he brought uh, um, a feast. Uh, uh, you know, um, and slaughtered the sheep and cattle and fattened the cows. Im Evan Hazocheles 
at the stone of Zochelet, which must have been a big prominent stone where they would bring sacrifices. Asher Eitzel Ein Rogel, which is near Ein Rogel. By Yikras, Kol Echov Ben HaMelech, and he called all of his brothers, the entire king's family, Ulechol Anshei Yehuda Avdei HaMelech. And he called all of the people of, of Judah, those that served the king. <coughs> so they have this whole party going on. But he knows that the, um, those other important people were not coming along and were not part of this, uh, this uh, celebration because Adonia realized that they were waiting for instructions from David and they were not about to go along with this. And it seems clear that they also understood that David probably had a different plan. Uh, that Nasan Hanavi, Nathan the prophet, Uvena Yehovah Tagiborim, the Et Shlomo Achiv, and his, one of his brothers, that is his brother Solomon, Shlomo Lo he did not call. We don't know much about Shlomo here. All we know is that he was the, the next son born to, to, um, to uh, Batsheva. Batsheva, after uh, David uh, married her, uh, had a son who died, and then she had Shlomo. And all we know about Shlomo is that the Navi, the prophet, Nasan, called him Yedidya, beloved of God. So we get the impression that Solomon had, that Shlomo had a, um, you know, the nature about him, which was as a godly person, a person faithful to, to God, for whom Nas, Nasan would give him the, the name Yedidya, beloved of God. And so it's, it seems clear that even Adonia understood that Shlomo was his primary contender was this primary uh, opponent for, uh, of his brothers to take over the kingdom. Nasan knew that and understood that and understood that Shlomo was the right one to be king. Uh, we, uh, we're, um, at this point, Vayomer Nasan el Batsheva, Nasan, Nathan said to Batsheva, Aim Shlomo, the mother of Shlomo, Lamer as follows. <coughs> Hello Shamat, have you not heard that Adoniah has taken over the kingship and our master David doesn't even know that Adoniah is walking around pretending he's the king. So here we have the prophet taking the initiative, realizing that this is wrong, understanding that an arrogant person like Adoniah is not the proper king, but Shlomo, who is the Yedidiah, the beloved of God, Right? Shlomo is the rightful king and should be. So um, I, I, he tells his, his Shlomo's mother, Let me give you advice. And you could save your life and the life of your son, Shlomo. Of course, knowing that if Adonia would become king after David's death, <coughs> that, that Batsheva and Shlomo's lives would obviously be in danger. And this was his advice to her. David, go and go to the king David and say to him, "Hello, Ata Adoni Hamelach. Didn't uh, behold you, <coughs> or did not you, my master, the king, or did you not make a oath to your servant, saying as follows, Kishlomo that your son David, Shlomo." That in other words, my son Shlomo, Yimlo Chacharai, he will be the king after me. Vuhu Yeshev Al Kisi, and he will be the one that sits on my throne. 
And why is it that Adoniyahu is now the king? In other words, go in there pretending that you don't realize that David doesn't know. So you're not going, you know, you know and, and, and bring up to him this promise that, da- that you, David made to me, Bathsheba, that my son Shlomo is going to be the king. Now, we have never heard this promise before. This promise is, has never been revealed to us in the verses. But apparently, David had told Bathsheba, and one would imagine that this was, you know, Bathsheba was obviously not, um, you know, he, the way he treated her. He took her away from her husband. Her husband was a, a loyal husband and, and arranged for his death. And then because of that sin, they lost their first child. And now, um, in, you know, one way that David made up this you know, um, um, made up to Bathsheba would be, <coughs> and this is how the traditional way of understanding this was, you know, of, uh, from the rabbinic tradition that David made a promise to Bathsheba that I will make sure that your son Shlomo will take over the monarchy and will become the king. So, uh, but so even though this is not something that's explicitly written in the verse, this is something that's understood. Now, if Shlomo, um, is supposed to be king. Why did you let Adonio become king? And that's what you should say. And while you are speaking at the time with the king, I will come right after you. And I will back up your words. So by having this one-two punch, it'll become like this thing, like people are just coming into the king, coming into the king, bringing this news, will we'll jolt him into action. And this kind of defies the image of David as being too sick to act, rather makes him too depressed to act. And Nathan, the Navi, the prophet, Nathan, understood that, what, that David could act. We just need to wake him up. We need to remind him how important this is, and we need to get him to act. So this is the plan, and in our next podcast, we're going to see how this plan works and whether or not David will be aroused to action to install the proper king uh, to succeed him, Shlomo. Thank you so much for studying the first, um, our first installment, our first podcast in the Book of Kings. Looking forward to studying this entire book together. Have a wonderful day.